Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today is a unique episode. It's a Zoom recording from an AIM7 community call that we do once a month with an expert. And I had AIM7 advisor and senior director of wellness and development for the Toronto Raptors, Dr. Alex Arbach, on our community call, talking about stress mindsets and how to lead ourselves better. But on the live call, we talked about how Alex prepared me for a grueling week of pitching for AIM7. It was uh, for soft tech demo days, and I was pitching hundreds of investors over a three-day period of time in Dallas, Austin, and Houston, and it was a high-pressure high stakes environment. I got really honest about my struggles and how Alex helped prepare me for these big moments, what I learned, and there are a ton of actionable tips for you to use. So the audio quality is a little bit different because it was a Zoom call, but it's still phenomenal. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out to Zach Cozart, who left us an amazing review in the Apple podcast app. Zach said, this podcast provides incredible and practical information and tips for overall health and wellness. A quick and easy listen that encourages you to take your next step and to take control of your health a little bit at a time so it's sustainable. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Zach. I really appreciate the kind words. All right, now to my conversation with Alex. So let's lean in and learn from the best. I want to unpack a scenario that I just went through and that you and I can kind of talk through because you helped me prepare for it. And I want to talk about all the crazy little gritty details around this because I think people are going to find this interesting and how you helped me prepare for this. So this past week, we were pitching to hundreds of investors, like hundreds of them in Dallas, Austin, and Houston for AIM7. And there were people in the audience, we had no clue we're going to be there from specific industries, Fortune 50 companies, Tier 1 VCs, military special opera. It was crazy. And I called you, was it a month or six weeks before or something? And I usually don't get nervous speaking. I just don't. Like, I spoke yesterday and didn't feel anything. I just was excited and it was energetic. And But for some reason... I was doing these practice pitches and I would get like cold and want to puke. It was so weird because I knew like how important this was. And I called you and I was like, dude, I need some help. (laughs) Like everybody needs. So I guess the first lesson is everybody needs to go to a professional when they need help. And I've been doing things under pressure for a very long time. So I called you up, Alex, and you gave me some really interesting advice. I want to talk about it. Is that okay? Yeah, man. Whatever you're comfortable sharing, I'm comfortable getting into. I can't say I remember specifically word for word the advice. Oh, I, I, gave, I did because but... I did it all. And some of these <laughs> yeah. stories are pretty nuts. And then I'm going to tell people what you told me to do, what I did, and then I would like you to unpack why you told me to do that. So this is under the realm of performing under pressure. You got the big thing coming up, the big presentation at work, the whatever the thing is, right? The first thing you said was, I want you to pitch in the weirdest places possible and get very uncomfortable. So I pitched at a grocery store and I almost got kicked out. I had some buddies meet me up there and no joke, they turned the the grocery store was shutting down. They turned the lights out 
while I'm pitching and the, the, the manager of the store is like, you guys need to leave. And I just kept going. Like I did not stop. I didn't even pay attention to him. I just like powered through it. That was embarrassing and about as weird of an experience as possible. So I'm going to pause before I tell you guys the next weird thing I did. Why did you want me to do that? So there's two reasons for this, right? So one is the concept of exposure, which is sort of this classic empirically supported principle from therapy, which is just the idea that the more you do something that makes you nervous, the less nervous you start to be about doing that thing. Right. So this is like a classic technique therapists have been using for decades with people who are afraid of like snakes and spiders. Right. You start with this thing like, oh, here's a picture of a snake way off in the distance. And then here's a picture of the snake closer. And you just sort of move progressively closer until you're doing the thing that you're nervous about repeatedly. And the more that you do it, the less nervous you'll get. So that was one reason I suggested this was just like, look, some of what you're experiencing is a little bit of like performance nerves. So it's cool. Let's just work them out, right? How do we work them out? We just do the thing. The second reason I suggested this is actually about skill acquisition, right? And so one of the key parts of acquiring a new skill or any skill really is variability, right? So when we do things like give speeches or practice free throws, we tend to do them in the same way every time, right? And we just think like, oh, if I memorize this thing, right? If I just get this automatic, I'll be fine. But one of the keys to actually getting something automatic is to do it under varied conditions. Because what happens is your mind creates a richer mental model of what's possible in the performance. And so now, if someone stands up in the middle of your presentation and flicks the lights off, guess what? Your mind has a model for how to deal with that. It's just keep pushing, right? Or if someone gets up and starts clapping, right? You've been under a similar experience or a similar circumstance, and you've trained yourself essentially to know what to do. So those were the two principles I was leveraging with that one. So it really helped a lot. I also, I didn't quite do it out loud, but I did it in a sauna. So you said also do it while you're exercising. So I would get into a sauna. I liked it. There's a sauna, at the LA Fitness. I don't have one at my house. Maybe one day. So I would, it's packed with people. It's really, if you really want to know what the world's like, go to an LA fitness in a very diverse community. And you got like 25 people just sweating right next to each other, right? People will start talking about just crazy stuff. I just started practicing my pitch about 15 to 18 minutes in when my heart is like going crazy and I haven't had any water. And I would just close my eyes and just try to muscle through it. Like in the worst possible, I feel awful my heart's racing i'm sweating i'm dying of thirst like can i do this thing then you told me like you said exercise so then you said do incline treadmill walking so i would do that but i would also every morning i wake up and the first thing i do is i go walking and right right now i'm training to um climb mount hood in oregon and so i put on a weighted vest and so i would do that i would wake up put it on i'm barely awake in the morning and i would just start my pitch and it was three minutes long so that was really uncomfortable. So I just did it in as many uncomfortable, weird ways I could possibly do it. I also had friends over. This was really interesting. I had a bunch of friends over the weekend before. I was like, I'm going to feed you. We're going to have a lot of fun, but you got to help me with my pitch. You got to listen. I'm not asking for money from anybody, but they had never heard it before. And I want real brutal feedback. And so I had two buddies that got really close and made it really awkward. You know, they were trying to be like Shark Tank hecklers. But some of the comments I got, actually, I used during the pitch, right? And so especially when it's really close friends and now you're going to like do the Shark Tank thing in front of them, it can be, you know, you don't know what you're going to get judged or whatever. They loved it. 
Have you ever missed a workout and felt like a failure? Maybe you've been conditioned to think you just need to push through. Watch out because this is a recipe for burnout. You can get caught in an endless cycle of trying everything, pushing hard and only feeling worse and even getting hurt. As surprising as it sounds, sometimes you'll see better results when you do less. And sometimes it's time to ride your wave of energy and do more. But how do you know when to do which? AIM 7 will analyze your smartwatch data and tell you what to do in a quick and easy to read interface. We've made wellness simple for busy people. No more guessing as to which type of exercise you should do today, or if you're taking the right steps for your mental fitness, we've got you covered. Join the over 300 people using the AIM 7 app and getting amazing results. Whether you're just getting started on your health and wellness journey, or you've been doing it for years, AIM 7 will meet you right where you are to bring you to where you want to be. Sign up now. The link is in the show notes. The next thing you told me to do was, Eric, I want you to think in your mind, like, don't think about how difficult this is or how frightful it is. I want you to reframe and tell yourself how exciting this is. What a great opportunity. Why did you want me to do that? And I did that, by the way. I'm glad to hear you did it. So this kind of taps into that stress is enhancing mindset we were just talking about, right? I basically was challenging you to think more productively about the experience you were going to have, right? And I think you were having a very normal human reaction to what you were going through, which is like, oh, crap, this is like kind of a big deal, right? It's a big opportunity. And then what we tend to do as a default is we go to, like I said, the worst possible scenario, right? So what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? What if no one likes my pitch? What if I get up there and I forget what I have to say? And sure, like all those things are possibilities, but you can't possibly prepare for every contingency, right? Just like not a thing that you could really do, right? You couldn't prepare for like, what if the stairs fell off the stage? What if the microphone didn't work? You know, like we could just come up with millions of permutations of this problem, that you were never going to be able to amply prepare for each one individually, right? So we made your mental model richer. We gave you some varied practice. We gave you some exposure. Then we paired it with, okay, let's make your thinking about this productive, right? And so the thinking thing, the reframe is all about, look, tap into this stress, use this, right? Like, again, this is your brain and body preparing you to do something effortful. Let's use this stress to facilitate your performance. How do you use this energy to engage with your audience, make eye contact? So that's what I was thinking about when I did that suggestion. That was awesome. It was really helpful. I'll tell you one other thing that I did personally, and it was just for me, I'm a person of faith and I just prayed a lot. And that really gave me a lot of comfort. And there was actually certain Bible verses that I memorized and I would bring them up and I had an amazing sense of peace. Here's the crazy thing that happened. I'm talking wild. So I probably did this pitch 500 times, easily 500 times in over eight weeks. I probably did it three to five, 10 times a day sometimes, just random three-minute intervals in the shower, just whatever. It was such rote. So I am, they made me last of all 14 pitches, of course. So now the pressure just builds the entire time. I think because I'm pretty outspoken and I can be expressive, maybe they wanted somebody to, you know, that was kind of like, uh, you know, at the end. And it was, we really had a great visual representation of the pitch. And it, I think we had some great teamwork that was done. So it was a very compelling story. 
right when I walked on the step, I'm like amped up all that stuff. As soon as I stepped on the stage, it was like dead calm. I'm talking the craziest calm I've ever experienced. And I was just like, Gerald was there. It was just like, just happened. Weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Zero, like a second I stepped on the stage, it was like I went into a whole nother world. And I've been in like some very intense situations like world championships and all this kind of stuff. And usually you're just pretty excited. I had a massive adrenaline dump after that, I think. The next day I woke up like exhausted. I had two more days of pitching to do. This is where it gets funny. So I wear, I have an Apple watch. So if you're an AIM-7, you're in the two to three device club. Not because we want to do this, but because we're testing devices all the time. So I have an Apple watch. That's my go-to. I have a whoop just because I like to see the UI and I'm an aura ring. Okay. The next day I'm tired mentally and physically. Whoop and aura both say that I am 90 something percent. AIM-7 says I'm 36% out of 100 or 36 out of 100. They fundamentally misread my HRV. The higher HRV over time, the better, right? It means better parasympathetic tone at rest. When you have a spike, an acute spike in HRV, what does that mean? It means your body has done this, slammed on the brake. It is not a good thing. And it means it's going to be very hard to get you going. These devices, billion-dollar companies, totally misread that. If I tried to take those interventions and put them into practice, I could have hurt myself. Very interesting to see this play out in real life. So I had to do some things to get myself going. Exercise, a little caffeine. And it was almost like I had to then do the exact opposite before I got on the stage. I was doing like, like vigorous inhales, and then I was able to get up and do it. And then by the third day, I think we were all kind of delirious because it would be a, it started at three and it ended at like, I don't know, nine or 10 o'clock. And you're just, you know, when you're engaged in these highly engaged conversations, it was very interesting. The last night, again, just, I was kind of in the middle, but didn't miss miss a beat. It was like, I got up there and it was, I've never experienced this. It was almost like an out of body experience. I was just doing it. And it was all the train. So I want to thank you because. I put myself in very stressful situations. And when I got there, it was like I had been there. And so I think anybody can do this for anything in their life. And I I was hoping, I was like, I really want to have a championship story when this is over with. And I'm really glad we have that because just like everybody else, I went to the expert, I asked the expert for help, and then I put it into practice and it worked. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you have a friend that's preparing to do something difficult, something stressful, something hard, do them a favor, take a picture of the podcast art and share this episode with them as it may be a huge encouragement and give them some practical tips that they can use. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.